From Steel Valley Media, this is the Frosty Podcast. Welcome, Frosty Podcast listeners, to another installment. You can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts. With me, as always, Coach Tony Perenni. Tony, how you doing today? Doing well, doing well. I'm ready for football to get rolling here. We are so close. Football is back. Uh, preseason has started. We got more games coming up. Uh, I'm going to be going to the Browns game this Thursday, uh, opening opening night of the, pl- of the preseason for the Browns. Uh, getting real excited. You doing some scouting there? You trying to uh, do do a little advanced draft preview there? Always. Always doing advanced draft previews, uh, watching Baker Mayfield shotgun some beers. Uh, I'm hoping he's on the field, but if he's not, I'm sure he's still going to be entertaining. Uh, you know, he's he's that dude. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of eyes on the field come Thursday for a, a preseason game, which will be a first uh, in as many years as I can remember in that stadium. So uh, the Stargers are probably going to be in the field for a drive, and uh, it's going to be a big, big drive for everybody watching at home. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Speaking of can't wait, can't wait for this episode. We have a loaded episode for you. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the league news going on in the NFL. Uh, And then we're going to have Coach Tyler Kerr on. Uh, We've we've pounded him pretty hard on this podcast. Uh, We've said that he's going to be the one taking the ACT, that he would do the worst on the ACT. Obviously, the kickers uh, that he's drafted over the years. So uh, he's going to be able to respond to all of those things. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, should should be good. We've been uh, giving him a real hard time. He's going to get a chance to defend himself here finally. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what he has to say about that rivalry with Kalen King, that rumpus in Columbus that we're all waiting for. Yeah, you know, Kalen has owned that rivalry. Uh, you know, Ty, well, he's been a bubble team the uh, last two years, but he just can't can't beat Kalen. So it's, uh, yeah, rumpus in Columbus has been very one-sided. Yeah, yeah, it really has. So, uh, but before we get rolling, I, I've, I've a bone to pick here. Um, I, we've done what about six pods now. I think I need to reevaluate my contract at this point. I know I'm under contract. I think I deserve more money. Probably going to hold out. This might be my last podcast for a little bit. I heard this is the way you do business, uh, in the NFL these days. Well, I'm going to take the Jerry Jones mentality and say co-hosts are overrated. Uh, nobody has ever won a podcast award uh, requiring their co-host. So, Tony, I say uh, you got to do what you got to do. You're probably going to be hearing from my agent, Derek. That's, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I'm just hoping that when you go to Cabo to work out that, you know, maybe you take me. And, uh, you know, this is all business. It's not personal. I'll go with you. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. We, we can work out the, out the deal down there. That's fine. Perfect. I can't think of a better place. Uh, so, Tony, you bring up an interesting point. I feel like you're referring to something here. Yeah, cutting a little segue as to uh, what's going on in the league news. That's, uh, you know, not a whole lot going on in the league yet until outside of this news with the running backs right now and their contract situations. Yeah, so we have, obviously we know Le'Veon Bell sat last year and you're kind of looking to see, okay, what's going to happen this year? And and Le'Veon does finally sign this year. Um, so now you have 
Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys, he's he's holding out. Um, and you have Melvin Gordon, who not only is holding out, he's requesting a trade. Uh, and so I guess as as fantasy owners and, and participants, we're looking to see, hey, is this going to be another Le'Veon Bell situation with one or both of these guys? Yeah, it's interesting. And I know the, the low-hanging fruit argument here is the Le'Veon Bell one, where you, you see him sitting out last season. But I don't really think uh, that's the comparison point on this one. You know, Le'Veon's contract was up. He was not under contract last season. Um, and until he showed up and signed his his franchise tender, there was nothing that the Steelers could do with him. He, they can't find him. He's not under contract. He's not technically on the team. Um, so from that standpoint, very different than what's going on here, where both Zeke and Gordon are both under contract. On this one, I think the comparison point to look at is the Todd Gurley deal from last season. You know, going into – the season last year, the Rams decided to get ahead of this situation and uh, re-up him for big dollars before they really had to. So they decided to do right by the running back, give him a four-year, $57 million extension, about $22 million guaranteed, which is big, big money in the running back market. And I, th- I think you see both sides of this of this argument now. Um where the team is going to point to that, that Todd Gurley situation and say, uh, this is why we're not going to do the deal. We're not going to give a running back big money because uh, he could come down with a knee injury at any time. And then who knows what you're getting at that point. But at the same time, you have the player who's going to be pointing to that same exact, uh, same exact dilemma where they're saying, I need to get my money now. Cause what if I blow out my knee next season? And all that guaranteed money goes away. So uh, this really feels like the Rams situation with Gurley uh, just playing out uh, with both these backs this season. You know, I think the Gurley comparison is really interesting because I think it puts it really highlights the urgency of this. Right. So at the end of the season last year, Gurley, really his load management starts going down and. We see in the Super Bowl, he doesn't play nearly as much as as I, I think any viewer would have expected him to play. And then it comes out later, he's been dealing with chronic knee issues. Turns out it's arthritis. That's not getting better. So if Todd Gurley doesn't hold out, doesn't get that contract, and we're sitting here uh, at this time this year, we're saying, hey, this dude, he's on the downturn. You know, no matter how much willpower he has, like arthritis is arthritis, and it's not getting better. It's going to keep getting worse. And no matter what numbers he puts up, he's not going to demand that higher contract because at any point it's like, yeah, but you're on the downturn. So I think both of these guys are looking, they're saying, you know, Hey, I'm a couple years in, uh, I'm watching my dude Gurley. You know, he doesn't look that much different than me. And he's, he, there's no way he would be able to get that money now. So both these guys are healthy and they're saying pay up, you know, and, with Gurley's numbers that he signed for last year, you look at Zeke and and Gordon's contracts, they're nowhere near that. So they're looking to say, hey, here's the value of the running back as established by the Rams last year, right? The value is what people are willing to pay for you. And they're way, way under that. So I, I get why they're, why they're holding out at this point. Um, but you know, how long are they going to hold out? And what does that mean for the fantasy owner? 
Yeah, the value of the running back is the interesting point there because, like you mentioned, that's the market price from last season, and it might only last one season, really. Um, you know, C.J. Anderson comes off the couch, puts the bag of Cheetos down, and and tears up each opponent in the postseason last year just with fresh legs, um, just kind of showing that running backs are dime a dozen. It, it's a hard-knock life being a running back in the NFL these days because – there's no guarantee you're even going to see that second contract. And when you do, it's going to be underwhelming to you. And you look at both these guys, Gordon's had plenty of injuries in his young career. Uh, and Zeke, the workload he's had uh, throughout his young career has been astounding. He's, he's been one of the most road running backs out there. The, the, having the suspension a couple of seasons ago probably helped take some miles off of him, really. Um, so both teams got to be looking at that and saying, you know, do we really want to spend this type of money on a running back who may only have a couple, one, two, three good years left? Yeah, and I think the Le'Veon Bell situation last year showed us that, you know, hey, everybody thought the Steelers were going to be kind of screwed without him. And then James Conner shows up out of nowhere and and does a really nice job. And so I think we look we look through the recent history and there's time and time again where running back goes down or holds out or whatever it may be and backup does really well. So you know, I know this this came up before, but yeah, what what is the value of the running back? Jerry Jones goes on record, and of course he's backtracking it now, but basically saying that you know you don't need to have a great running back to win a Super Bowl, and you know how true is that? I think I think that's very controversial. Of course, now he's walking walking it back, saying, well, what I meant to say was that you know the running back's not the only piece, and it's like, all right, Jerry, yeah, we get it, uh, but. I think you you got a little take on on how he how he feels about the whole running back situation. Yeah, and I think that's that's the consensus feeling around the league for the most part. So I guess taking a step forward and just looking at you know how do you how do you see this playing out? I have a hard time believing the Cowboys aren't going to give Zeke the money. I really do. Just look at who their quarterback is. You take Zeke out of the equation, and you're going to put everything on Dak Prescott, who has not at all shown that he can carry that load without somebody to hand the ball to 300 times a season. Um, I, I think they're backed in a corner in this one, and they're going to have to sign Zeke. The Chargers, on the other hand, I don't, I don't know that they give Gordon that deal. Um, I know they've been resistant to handle any trade discussion so far and have not given – Gordon or his agent any permission to seek a trade, but got to think that might change in the coming days. Yeah. And so breaking each one of these down individually now, you know, like you said with Zeke, I think the feeling is, is that Zeke and the Cowboys will get this done. Jerry Jones came out saying, you know, Hey, like I've, I've done this before. I have a ton of experience with this. And he basically mic dropped and said, you know, tell me a time I haven't gotten this done. Um, so I think the Cowboys are pretty confident they're going to sign Zeke. They're not worried about the fact that he's working out in Cabo. Uh, he, he's done this before. Running backs coach said, you know, last time he was training down uh, down there, he came back looking like like Atlas. So you know, he's he's doing what he needs to do. Ze- Zeke's a hard worker. He's going to get he's going to get it done. So I, I'm with you. I think Zeke signs um, relatively soon before the start of the season. I don't think he's sitting out any games. Um, and from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, Vince Gorgonzola has him. He was kept for 47 last year, so he cost him 52 this year, which is right about market value. And I would say, you know, to Vince, you know, keep him. He, if nothing else, you're not going to overpay for him. ESPN has his has his draft uh, 
average draft status is 55. So you're right there, a little bit of a value. Um, but I, I wouldn't be too worried about it. But Melvin Gordon, a whole nother situation. You know, they're asking for a trade. The Chargers, who have plenty of cap space, it is not a cap space issue. Uh, they just they don't want to pony up, and but they're also not letting any trade talks happen, which makes me think they haven't given up on the situation. But at the same time, I think I think they're calling the bluff of Gordon. Yeah, I think so, and I think I saw the stats from last year. In, in the games that Gordon sat, they ended up going four and zero. So. They're sitting there pointing out, you know what? We have Phillip Rivers. We have all these good young receivers. We have some good backs behind Gordon. We'll figure it out. We don't need to lock up that much money in the running back position. So, yeah, I think logically, uh, to be forward-looking with this, you start looking at, at some of the teams around the league that could possibly use a running back. So I know uh, Tyler Kerr, we're going to talk to him here in a little bit about uh, where his team is, and he had Gordon last year for, I think I want to say $54. Uh, so he's going to be close to 60 this year if he wants to keep him. But that that keeper in Melvin Gordon may end up being on a whole different roster entirely. It could be a Houston Texan. Uh, it could be an Indianapolis Colt, uh, a Tampa Bay Buck. There's many teams out there that could use a running back. It just comes down to who would value him enough to actually give him the contract he's looking for. Yeah, and if ESPN knows more than we do, uh, they have his average auction at 45.4, which to me feels a little undervalued. So I think ESPN is banking on he's going to sit a game or two. It looks that way. I, mean, I, I have a hard time seeing him sitting when he's under contract and he's going to be getting fined every week. This isn't, like I said, this isn't the Le'Veon situation where uh, you, just, you just sit out and there's really no repercussions. You don't get paid, but you don't owe anything. You sit out here. Uh, you're not getting paid, and you owe money back. So I have a really hard time believing he's going to do that. Yeah, you know, and from the Chargers' perspective, you know, you mentioned they have the the young receivers and they have Philip Rivers, but Philip Rivers is getting older, and uh, you know, how many how many hits can he keep taking? Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon can can catch the ball out of the backfield. He, he's he's a heck of a back, but like you said, he was injured, and when he was injured. They were fine. So I don't know if you're the Chargers, how much do you value Gordon and and do you pay him? And, and obviously, I think they're leading towards no. So that talk about Melvin Gordon does segue us nicely into our next segment where we're going to have Coach Tyler Kerr on. Uh, he's going to tell us about his team, his draft strategy, how many kickers he's planning on taking, uh, his keepers, and if he has any ideas for the ACT. Tony, I'm excited to chat with him. Uh, he'll be here right on the flip side of this break. Yep, looking forward to it. We have a new podcast from Steel Valley Media that I think you'll really enjoy. Have you ever sat back and thought, what are the legal ramifications of just quitting my job, refusing to pay bills, and squatting in my friend's backyard? Or maybe, what privacy rights do I have on my work computer? And can I view those provocative videos and avoid being fired? We'll tune in to Kevin Knows Laws for the answer to these questions, as well as many more. Kevin Hulick is an actual lawyer who isn't afraid to handle your most uncomfortable legal questions and provides answers in terms you can understand. Thinking about hacking into Groover's computer to drop his star player right before you play him? Kevin will tell you why that might not have as many consequences as you might have thought. 
That's Kevin Knows Laws by Steel Valley Media. Welcome back, Frosty Podcast listeners. With us on the Frosty Hotline, as promised, Coach Tyler Kerr. Coach, how you been? Oh man, I, I've been I've been great. Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's good to see you guys. It's been a while. I know I've kind of been uh, kind of been AWOL a little bit, so it's good to be back. So you know, Tyler. Looking back, uh, in 2017, you finished seventh in the regular season uh, in the toilet bowl. Your your end of the season was really on a downhill slump. Uh, going into last year, 2018, trying to have that bounce back year, and you were a playoff bubble team the entire year. Uh, eventually had a nice little run at the end and make the playoffs. Uh, a short playoff run, but hey, you made the playoffs. What is... What are you guys looking for this year to really establish yourself as a playoff team? Well, you know, I, I think it, going back to our, our quandaries last year, really what we, we didn't have was consistent output. Uh, and I think that's the case for a lot of teams in the league. Uh, a, a lot of teams that were struggling, they just they weren't firing all cylinders. Uh, so I think this year what we really need to do is is – you know, get maybe split up the team like my team. I had a lot of people that played for the same team. Stupid rookie mistake. Uh, you know, when they did good, they did great. When they did bad, uh, I mean, it was zero points. Uh, could be negative. You know, you just never know. So I think what I'm going to target this year is uh, I, I need some running backs. Um, Melvin Gordon was a big one for me. But, you know, if he gets hurt, I was I was sitting I was I was out of luck, basically, uh, especially especially with uh, Mark Ingram being out for four games uh, and being a low producer last year as well. Uh, so that so initially that's what we need running backs. It's funny you mentioned the the multiple teams because two of the teams you loaded up on ended up playing in the Super Bowl last year with the Rams and Patriots. Um, so yeah. you're you're not expecting to do that again this year. I think I will diversify my portfolio a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, they ended up in the Super Bowl, um, but you know, as we see with the Patriots, uh, you know, you, your team could be in the Super Bowl, but that doesn't translate to fantasy football. You know, they Bill Bill Belichick will throw uh, what's the football what's the fullback's name? I don't know. He'll throw a touchdown to him and just suck everything out of from uh, White. You know, so it. They're not equal, but I've learned my lesson last year. I'm going to diversify this year. Yeah, it turn, turns out Belichick does not care about your fantasy team in <laughs> yeah. any way, shape, or form. <laughs> it's a real negative aspect of that coach. He just doesn't care. I know. He, he's such a nice guy, too. He's so friendly, but he just doesn't give a shit about fantasy football. I don't understand. <laughs> can't win them all. Just can't win them all. Yeah. Ty, before we, get, before we get too deep into the questions here, it's become a thing of legend in these parts now. I have to have you tell the story of drafting two kickers two years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, was that two years ago? It was, it was two or years it last ago. Year? It's two years two ago, years damn. Ago. Well, let's see. We were at a draft party at your house, I believe. I had quite a few ounces of alcohol. <laughs> and uh, it seemed like a good idea. I don't know, you know? I was like, hmm, kickers. I don't even remember who I drafted. I Honestly, 
it was just uh, kind of a blur and it paid off well for me though. I, I didn't I didn't go to the toilet bowl and I didn't have to take the ACT. So so I'd like but, to interject here because both of those kickers I put on the auction block because I like to do a little thing where I'll throw up a guy or two that like I would like to have for a dollar. And if people bid more than that, then okay, fine, take them. And I just suckered you out of a couple dollars. So I put up, I don't even remember which kicker it was first. And, you know, for a dollar, figuring nobody else would jump. And then here comes Tyler, not at a $2 bet, but at a $4 bet. And I was like, oh, man. All right, Ty, you can take the kicker, no problem. Well, but I still needed a kicker. So next time it comes my turn to put a guy up on the block, I put up the second best kicker. And here comes Ty with another $3 bet. <laughs> and I'm like, did you just steal both kickers that I wanted? Seven dollars yeah. worth of kickers. <laughs> Seven dollars worth of kickers, just so Derek can have them. Maybe I, that's why I did it. I don't know. I, I fully believe that subconsciously. And then, Do like, you remember the, what you were drinking that that day? Like, whatever alcohol that was should should just have the market cornered on kicker sponsorships <laughs> moving forward. I mean, this story needs to go viral across the country. Oh yeah. Well, the funny thing, too, is that as you were bidding on the second kicker, we were all kind of looking at each other like, does he realize he just is doing this two like two of my picks in a row? Yeah. And so we're all looking and then the timer goes off and we're just like, Ty, you idiot, you just got two kickers. Yeah, I remember that, actually. That's the only part I remember. <laughs> the public <laughs> shaming afterwards. Yes. That lasted. That is still lasting to this day. You know what? I, I fully deserve it, though. I brought it upon myself. So, Tyler, you know, you, you drafted the two kickers. Uh, on this podcast, I have said that I think you are going to be the one taking the ACT. Uh, how, how do you respond to that? Uh, do you mean for this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I think I think I am on record saying I think you're going to finish last. Can I, I will, I will respond to that, but can I ask why? I mean, just summarize it a couple points here. Why? Yeah. Two words and that's two kickers. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me see. Do I still have two kickers? Uh, you do not currently. <laughs> I do you not. Okay. One. I don't think I, have, I went with I that have, strategy last season. <laughs> <laughs> I have Greg the leg though. He counts as two. He he one slot Not wrong. Well, so how do you respond? Are, are, do you think you're going to be in ACT, or do you think you're going to be in the championship? Oh, I think this year I have a solid chance for the championship. And I think that I can regroup. You know, last year uh, I made some pitiful decisions. Uh, you know, I drafted Rob Gronkowski. Uh, he was he was at the twilight of his career. He didn't do anything last year. I mean, he maybe got me 30 points one game, and then he would get me like two points the next game didn't even play you know it's hard it's hard it was hard to say with him uh, so you know that was a stupid decision um and you know i i do make some sub some uh suspicious substitutions uh at certain games that do, that do not pay off so i i gotta cut that out and just go by the numbers uh so i i to, to answer your question i do not think that i will be in the toilet bowl this year, I, I think that I'm going to put up a good chance for the championship. 
I know Steve's probably listening in. Uh, is it three keeper minimum again? Or are we doing three, two? Three keeper minimum. Each keeper costs you five dollars on top of what they were either drafted for last year or if they were undrafted, what their free agency value okay. was. Yeah, that's a maximum, not a not a minimum. So you, don't, you don't have you don't have to keep anybody <laughs> if you don't want to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I got some good. So looking, looking back at your keepers from last year, last year you had it uh, looks like Robert Woods, Jarvis yep. Landry, and Marquise Goodwin, a um, couple yep. couple low priced receivers that you saw some value in. Uh, how would you value those guys now, looking back? Oh man, Robert Woods is my boy. That dude took me through the season. Uh, he kept me out of the toilet bowl. He put up some great numbers this year. I'm excited to have him on the team again. Definitely keeping him again. Um, uh, Marquise Goodwin, huge bust there. He had I I uh, the the end of the first of two years ago, the end of that season. I, I was really pumped up on him. He he had some good games. I uh, thought he was going to be uh, stand up last year. Ended up kind of kind of fizzling out. Pretty disappointed. So he's out of here. I don't want to see him back in the locker room uh, this year. Um, and uh, wait, who was the other guy? Oh, Travis Landry. Brooks? Landry, 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 another one, another big, uh, another big kind of almost a bust for me this year. You know, he had some solid games uh, towards the end. I think after the Browns got everything ironed out and, uh, you know, I, I think I don't remember if, if I knew he was going to the Browns before the season. I can't remember. Uh, and I think that may have affected me. I may have not kept him if I knew he was going to the Browns. But, you know, or maybe I thought, you know, with the Browns restructuring the way they were, he would become the primary receiver. Uh, and, you know, obviously, uh, what's his face? The, the, the coach that just left. God, Hugh Jackson. Man. Hugh Jackson. Thank you. Jesus. Obviously, Hugh Jackson was not the, the best coach. Uh, so, you know, he got kicked out. And at towards the end of the season, Landry started putting up some good points. So, I've been thinking about it lately. I'm not sure, you know, if he's keeper worthy or not, because uh, I've got, you know, I've got Brandon Cooks that I could keep. Got James White. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see. I'll have to make a snap decision when it comes down to it, but it's questionable. Yeah, and so you know, and I know you're kind of getting hard on yourself here for the Jarvis Landry keep, but uh, you got him last year for 17, including the five dollar tax. He was an auction value of 20, um, ended up putting up 217 points, was the 18th top receiver. He got a frosty score of negative 11. So, I mean, in the negatives, but uh, not not terribly down there. He was about a mid a mid keeper in our league. So, yeah, you know, and, and good win. You know, you got the injury in there. So I, yeah. I thought your keepers weren't terrible from last year. Certainly we had some much worse keepers in the league. Um, but this year, you, know, you talked about Robert Woods. Yeah. So you got him for six last year. Uh, he would cost you 11 this year. His auction value ESPN has at 16. So he would be a total value for you of positive five. Um, and that's your only person that would have on your team currently that would have a positive value if you kept them. Brandon Cooks, you mentioned, uh, was 17 last year. So he'll cost you 22 this year. Average auction value of 20.7. So right in that range, you know, you're looking at a negative 1.3 auction value. So 
Okay. Essentially, you would just be drafting ahead on him. Um, and then everybody else is in the negatives for your team if yeah. you're looking to keep for this year. Yeah, that's that's interesting about Robert Woods. Uh, I think he's he's ranked he's he's a he's a low rank, uh, sixteen. I think is what you said. That's that's pretty low for my boy Robert. But yeah, well, now we'll see. Uh, that, that's a, that's an interesting stat. I never thought of that. Um, so that'll be a tough decision to make about uh, Cooks because him and Robert, him and Woods, and and with Cooper Cup being back. I mean, it's going to be a mixed bag. It's it's almost going to be a Bill Belichick, Patriots, let's spread the ball around type of a deal, which is what it was half the games last year for them. And that's why they're so damn good is because they have multiple threats. So Cooks, Cook, that's that's a good point. I don't know if I'll keep Cooks or not. I want to, but we'll see. So I'm just getting word from our statistician that uh, <clears throat> I was wrong. Uh, I hate being wrong. I hate admitting I was wrong, but I was wrong. So James White. You drafted last year for a dollar. His average auction value ESPN has is 12, 12.6. Uh, he was player ranking of was player ranking of seven. Um, so you'd be able to keep him this year for $6, giving him a positive 6.6 value. Uh, so James White and Robert Woods have positive value for you if you should keep him. Those two, I assume, are a lock to keep. Is there a third guy that you really... Is it Brandon Cooks, or are you thinking just two this year? I'm thinking I'm going to keep – I'm looking at Gordon, too. I'm, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to have to pay a pretty penny for him. I don't remember what he was drafted at. Do you have that stat? I do. Melvin Gordon was drafted for 54 last year. He's going to cost you 59. Now, ESPN has him for 45.4, yeah. giving him a negative $13.6 value. So ESPN says don't keep him. Now, Melvin Gordon's an interesting case, and Tony and I talked about it earlier in our last segment – uh, you know, he's still holding out. Now there's all kinds of trade talks. I'm seeing Texans in the rumor mill. So we don't know where Melvin Gordon's going to end up. Uh, if he's going to play the whole season, you know, so I, it looks to me like ESPN is hedging the bet saying he's probably going to be sitting for a game or two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that price anyway, scares me off from him because, you know, Especially with his, his, I think it was his hamstring last year. You know, I, I don't, he's injury prone, I, in a way. Um, so that's, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, so, I mean, Cooks, Cooks is potential. Um, but yeah, I mean, it may just be where I just, I keep two Woods and White. Uh, not keeping Brady. <laughs> not keeping, I, I may keep Landry now that the Browns have hit their stride. So. so in Landry, the uh, ESPN auction value of 8.4, you would keep him for 22. Um, so it'd be a negative value. It's all in if you believe that 8.4 is right. I think there's a big group of people out there that think Jarvis Landry is really going to put up this year with Baker coming into a sophomore season. They have more tools there, obviously, with, with OBJ, big weapons going on. Right. And that that could open the door for Landry. I mean, it, I don't know if you saw it or not. I'm sure you have, but the way that Baker bit into that beer can at the game, that I'm feeling, I I, I immediately thought of Jarvis Landry. I think it's going to be his year. So, you know, I, I'm just putting all these two two and two together. I'm feeling it, so I'm going to keep him. I'm locking him in. Thanks, Derek. 
this podcast has brought me a great amount of joy tonight. Breaking news. Jarvis Landry is going to be kept a negative $13.6 yes. value. But Tyler yes. Kerr is keeping him. And this yes. is how you get voted into be taking the ACT this year. <laughs> Keep in mind, though, Derek, that that average uh, dollar value on ESPN was before Baker shotgun that beer. So that's going to go up in, good in this point. coming week. That is a good point. That's a great point. That was pretty shotgun. <laughs> now, Tyler, I'll, I'll say this, too. I'm also on record as saying that you would do the worst on the ACT of the group. The reason I said that, not because I think you're dumb, but I've seen you at Hangover Breakfast, and you are struggling, my friend. <laughs> so I think in the original ACT format where you get drunk the night before, you show up hungover to have to take the test, I think you would be struggle-busting the hardest and that's it would impact awesome. your score. What do you say to that? Well, I mean, that's a valid assumption. I do drink the most out of everyone. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I do drink more than champagne, Derek. Uh, okay. A, bo- a whole bottle, a whole bottle full. I'll give you that. Um, but you know what? I'm pretty smart. You know, I, I, when I watch Jeopardy, I get a lot of questions right. So I, I think I have a good shot. So well, if it's you know, not you, Ty, who who would do the worst on the ACT in this league? Oh my God, who would do the worst? Putting you on the spot. Oh man, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, Kevin, and this is my reason because we know Kevin's smart, right? He's a lawyer. He's an attorney. So what if it doesn't translate well to tests? I mean, have we, does anyone know his MCAT score? I mean, not his MCAT, his LSAT score. We don't know. Kevin, I'm sorry I'm calling you out, though. Kevin Hulick has been called out on this podcast. Tyler goes, record. Tyler goes after the lawyer of the group. Yeah, uh, high IQ, maybe not a good test taker. We'll see. I don't know. You know, and that's the interesting thing about the ACT, and we've talked about it before. It isn't really, from what I can remember from it, and it was a while ago, but it doesn't, it's not a test of like current knowledge, right? So trivia nights, you know, there's going to be a lot of pop culture references, et cetera. Jeopardy, a lot of mixed bag questions. These are very specific high school curriculum questions. And, and that's why I've had fun talking about who we think is going to do the worst. Because it really, you know, somebody like Steve, who's still in school, is going to see a lot of these math things and that over and over again. But a lot of us who have been out, uh, you know, who graduated at a normal trajectory, you know, we will have been out for a while. So it's a little harder. It, that's a, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, and you know, it's funny, a little anecdote for myself. Uh, back a couple years ago when my team was one of the worst in the league, if not the worst, I don't think I had won a game uh, after eight weeks. Uh, I was actually studying the, the, uh, G, like GED courses like I, I was literally teaching myself fucking like algebra again because I don't remember how to do it like solving for X I was like oh my god like it, it all you know it came back to me eventually but it, when I first looked at it I was like holy shit I don't I don't remember how to like get X from this side to the next you know it so it, it's a different it's a it is a different kind of a thing um, 
it's not, it's not trivia. You can't just brush up on it on a, in a day. You don't just watch, follow the news and, and learn it. You have to actually get back in there, get your hands dirty, you know, learn it all again. It's tough. So, you know, but that, that's, a, that's something I didn't know. I didn't know you were willing to study for it. I may retract my thinking you were going to be the worst. Because if you're going to prep for it, that's a game changer. Oh, dude, I was not about to take the ACT and get like a 19. <laughs> I wouldn't. I personally would never live my let myself live that down. <clears throat> and I know you guys wouldn't. I would never neither. share my school. <laughs> That's funny because I'm pretty sure all three of us were in the sharpening pencil stage that season <laughs> of really, really being close to taking that exam. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh there. Yeah. I there was a few of us. Yeah, I, I was oh, I was in the toilet bowl last year. In that in that year, uh, that was the year that Pennell ended up losing. But I was looking up dates and trying to figure out what worked with my work schedule <laughs> and uh, what test center I was going to go to. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was starting to get almost ready to study myself. Yeah, and then and then Pennell didn't start Leonard Fournette, and it was all good. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so funny story about that night. We're at the Reedy House. I don't remember why. One of the parties. And it's announced that Leonard Fournette's not going to play. And so somebody reached out to Pennell to give him a heads up. And in the meantime, I got the backup for Fournette. I pulled him off of free agency. <laughs> and the next, like, five best running backs I grabbed off of free agency just to stack my roster with. Dropped everybody who wasn't a running back. So that Pennell didn't have anybody to pick up because I looked at his roster and he didn't have a backup running back either. Um, so even if if Pennell had caught on that Fournette wasn't going to play and uh, replaced him, he didn't have anybody to replace him with. Wise. That's oh, a good planning right there. The good old yeah. days. So while we're on the ACT note, Ty, uh, what are your thoughts around the ACT punishment altogether? Do you think it's fair or do you think it's a little too harsh? You know, I I think the, the the people who are saying that it's a little too harsh are just are, are scared, and if you're that scared, then maybe you don't belong in this league, uh, for, because I, I believe that I, from other leagues that I played in, they all have garbage. Uh, they're, they're, the tra- the toilet bowls punishment is garbage. It's stupid. It, it means nothing, and I I think if you give someone something that you know, it possibly does scare them then that makes that should make them want to try harder because no one wants to play in a league where at the end of it everyone just gives up except unless you're in the playoffs that's just lame that's boring uh i think that i think it's a total totally fair if you don't want to take the act don't play in the league um i mean and you know what if you want to voice your concern that's totally fine but uh sack up play and take the act it's been two years now that people have bailed. It's pretty sad. So, Ty, what do you think of – so Coach Joe Reedy brought up uh, the idea of having essentially us proctor an ACT. Uh, it wouldn't be an official score. It would be in a bar or a house party um, at, like, some type of an event. If it's at a bar, then, you know, we kind of tell people who are at the bar, like, hey, this guy's taking the ACT. Make sure you mess with them. Uh, what do you think about that idea? I, I love that idea. That's great. You get a little public humiliation. You get a little, uh, 
you can enjoy yourself. Uh, now, when this person is taking the test, will they be drinking? Will that person be able to drink during the test? No, that person won't, but everybody around them will. Awesome. I think alcohol is a performance-enhancing drug when it comes to that kind of thing. So I, I think that they should be teetotaling during that period. That's great. I love it. I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think number two pencils, I mean, we run it like as if it were a real test center. Um, you Can know, you use only, the bathroom? I love you it. You have to ask. You have to ask to use the bathroom. Yes. Okay. If you turn in your exam, yeah. No and <laughs> it's probably going to have to be a chaperone with you. Um, nice. You know, and everybody else in the bathroom is going to know that this person has to be chaperoned to the bathroom because they're taking the ACT. You know, I think that's one of the great things that would have been one of the great things about actually having to go and taking the real ACT is having to sit there with all these kids who look like they're 20 years younger than you and just have them eyeball you the entire time while you're taking this test. You just look like a, such a loser. I, I still want somebody to go to the test center and take it because I'm quite certain that one of two things are going to happen. Either they're going to be kicked out and not allowed to take the test at all, which would be funny in its own right, but would oh, yeah. would also kind of be a bummer. Um, or they'll be put off in a separate test location because I'm going to guess that they can smell the alcohol on your breath uh, <laughs> based, on, based on how hammered we're going to get you the night before. Uh, and, and you won't be allowed to take it with with the high school kids who are, you know, preparing for college and stuff. So I kind of wonder if in the original plan, if we were ever actually going to get somebody to take the ACT, how we just like kind of designed for it to happen. I think it won't, it wouldn't have happened. Right. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Still would have been great though. We could have at least tried. I'm, I'm bummed. We couldn't try at least once. Yeah. I'm just thinking the number of bathroom breaks that person would have to take during the exam. <laughs> <laughs> and just all the high school kids just watching them as they keep leaving the room over and over and over again. I'm just, I guess yeah, we'll I'm never like, know. I'm getting like a Billy Madison vibe from it. Like, no, I will not make out with you. God. Just, you know, but then, but then you, you feel bad because you're probably, these kids are actually trying to get into colleges and stuff. So maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. Right. And then like you're you're drunk and probably still drunk, definitely hung over. And you're yeah. sitting there just like, oh, like you're just making death noises. <laughs> Shifting gears now, uh, looking forward to the draft, which is coming up very soon. August 26th, Tony. Yes. August 26th. August 26th. It's coming fast. Uh, Tyler, what what is your strategy here for draft day? How are you going to avoid taking two kickers? but make sure that you fill your roster with the appropriate number of players in each position. Well, I, my strategy this year is going to be more conservative. Uh, usually in the past, I, I jump, I'm jump, I, I'm right in there. You know, I'm spending money. I'm buying stuff up. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to take a note from Steve because Steve did this well last year. If Steve didn't spend a lot of his money early on, he had a quiet, he had a, he had a big mountain of cash left over towards the end of the draft. And he was able to, to, to get some really good players. Um, so I'm going to take that approach. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of play conservative. I'm, I'm not going to go in guns blazing. Just, not, just, you know, 
putting my putting my foot in and every uh, the first person that comes up. Uh, definitely not drafting two kickers. Uh, maybe I, I don't even know if I will draft a kicker. Or not. We'll see. You know, that maybe maybe I'll go the opposite way this year. Just not draft a kicker at all. Um, quarterbacks quarterbacks is going to be big for me. I wasn't. You know, Tom Brady probably was in the top ten last year of quarterbacks, uh, points wise, at least the top twenty. No, all right, top twenty. Yeah. They have him for four, uh, ranked fourteen coming into this year. Okay, fourteen. So I'm not happy with that. I think I could find better. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to part ways with my boy Brady. He's been good to me. He's kept me out of the toilet bowl. Um, Gonna, I'm on the hunt for a new quarterback. Uh, like I said before, I need some running backs. Uh, those will probably be my first, my first option when I, when we start drafting. I'm gonna get those running backs right after that. Receivers can come later. Uh, tight end. I wish God, I hate tight ends. They're just so garbage. Any any way you look at it, they're just stupid. So I'm gonna have to get a tight end too. Uh, that'll probably come later. I might I might draft as many kickers as I draft tight ends. Zero. Zero. I might draft no tight end. Just play, but play my whole season with that one. I'm, I basically did it last year, so I might, I might be able to do it this year. So you're not keeping Gronkowski? <laughs> I'm sure you've been listening to these pods, and you know that we have a Gronk watch going on every week. We're expecting somebody to draft him. <laughs> ESPN clearly is expecting Gronkowski to come back. Because they have him ranked as number 11 coming into this year, but an average auction of 0.1. So they don't expect anybody to pay for him, but they expect him to be the 11th best tight end. <laughs> I say uh, more about the tight end landscape. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. What's, uh, there's another Gronkowski that plays. Is it a brother? I can't remember. There's like yeah, three of them. Like, yeah. like Rick Gronkowski or something. Maybe I'll throw in for him. Who knows? Just so you have a Gronk. <laughs> Just to say I have a Gronk, yeah. Tyler, let's end with this. Uh, we, we, we've been talking about rivalries a lot, especially with the uh, the schedule being released last week. Um, and we, we've talked about your rivalry with Kalen King, that intra-city rivalry that we're calling the Rumpus in Columbus. <laughs> But so far, Kalen has owned that rivalry. What are you going to do this year to turn a tide there? Uh, I might have to break into his house and like knock it, like steal his phone or break his computers or something. I don't know, man. He, he's, I swear, he, that guy is like a, a bad luck charm for me. Whenever I play him, my guys all get hurt. His guys score 70 points or 50 or whatever his one dude put up last year. It's just unbelievable. I, you know, but I mean, he, he's a good. He makes smart decisions, you know, so I think his reign's ended, though. I'm feeling it this year. Jarvis Landry, Robert Woods, James White. With no kicker and no tight end, Tyler Kerr is guaranteeing the victor in the rumpus in Columbus. Oh, yeah. No tight end tie. No kicker's Kerr. Coming at you. <laughs> Ty Coach. is out to revolutionize the game of fantasy football this year. Oh, uh, yeah, man, I did. <laughs> for your sake, I hope you do. And for our sake, I hope you don't. 
<laughs> Coach, I appreciate we appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, good luck to you as you finalize your keepers and prepare for the draft. We look forward to chatting with you at some point during the season. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on here. Some good questions. Some valid points were brought up. Uh, helped me out through the draft as well. And, uh, you know, your stats are always good, too, so appreciate that. Um, but looking forward to seeing you guys and hanging out with you guys in the future. So hope you guys have a good week coming up. Thanks, Coach. You too, Ty. Thanks for coming on. Great stuff, Tony, from Tyler. Uh, always fun talking to him. Uh, what's your takeaway from from his plan for this year? Uh, it seems like he's definitely uh, he's definitely learned from the two kicker mistake. Uh, it was great to have him tell the story uh, on here on the air. Um, I, I think he uh, he seems to have a good idea for what he wants to do in the draft, and I think he realizes how pivotal the season is and just how how big a deal it is for him to uh, to knock Kalen off in the city too. So. Uh, uh, he might be able to might be looking to bend some rules if that if that's what it takes to get one up on Mr. King. Yeah, he's not a, he's not above playing a little dirty, uh, and I appreciate that. I appreciate love it. that. Gotta love it. Well, Tony, uh, what a great show we had. Uh, we're looking forward to the next one. We're gonna have a guest. We don't know who it is yet. Uh, we're excited, but I, I guarantee you they will they will be excited to come on here. We're gonna get some great stuff. Uh, find out our next team, what uh, what their draft strategy, their keepers, um, and and what they want to do for the ACT. And for Tony Perenni, this is Derek Frost. Thanks for listening to the Frosty Podcast. We'll catch you next time.